just so everyone knows what we're doing today, um, look, we'll start out with a bit of a market wrap as we uh, do as traditionally we do. Uh, we're then going to talk about uh, the new um, Prime Minister in Great Britain uh, and the Premier in uh, China and how that will affect the economy. And finally, we're going to just talk about, uh, I, I guess, some of the results, Meta, Misses and Alphabet getting slammed and just uh, what this means for the US economy and how that's going to likely impact inflation going forward. Afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another Trading Insights with FXT. Um, we, we, we're currently in self-hosting mode. So I'm Tim Muirhead from Arvidine Capital, and we have uh, Michael Berman, who's the uh, CEO of FXT. It's the 27th of October as we speak. So hopefully this doesn't get out too late or anything yeah. we say might have changed by then. Um, how are you, Michael? Um, yeah, so, good, good. Another interesting week in the market since we spoke last. Mm-hmm. So it should be a fun show. Yeah, look forward to it. <laughs> So, uh, look, I guess I'll start off and I'm, I am going to refer to my notes, which I do take uh, take regularly. Um, look, it's been quite an eventful couple of weeks in the market. Obviously, the VIX has sort of been up around the 27 to 30 mark, and this just means volatility. So getting sort of 2% daily moves is pretty normal. Um, and I guess fortunately for, for equity markets, um, We've been focusing on just the fact that the um, yields have been rising, especially in the US, and the yields were getting to the point where we thought something could really break and that might uh, cause market gyrations and perhaps new lows. But uh, fortunately, uh, it looks like we might have seen a uh, top in these yields for now, I guess early days. But with yields coming off, that's meant the US dollar has, uh, has weakened off. On the chart now, that looks like a sort of a, a technical uh, topping pattern, and, and as that falls, that tends to sort of lift a lot of the um, the equities around the world, and certainly um, you know equities in the US and and around the world have have really benefited. Um, I guess we can get onto earnings in later in the, in in, uh, in as we talk about it. But um, look, earnings is obviously a big part of the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, and and. What companies in the US have been doing it? I guess lowering expectations, and there have been a lot of beats. Mm. Uh, but uh, and I think it's it is sort of taking a while for this inflation sort of to work through the economy and, and affect things. I think, uh, as we've said in previous uh, uh, weekly podcasts, that it looks like the peak of inflation has happened, and now things tend to be coming off. Um, there's certainly some interesting things happening in China, which uh, certainly been affecting a few of the things, especially the energy prices. Uh, but look, right now, um, apart from sort of geopolitical risks in the Euro- Ukraine, which look, I guess, a no laughing matter. I mean, it doesn't look like uh, you know uh, Russia's backing down. It certainly looks like the US is has been, uh, I guess, uh, supporting Ukraine. There's a proxy war going on. There's a risk that uh, it does look. Like it could escalate, but uh, for a long time we were really struggling, like like how to hedge uh, positions. But right now, like you know, uh, buying bonds uh, while not trading advice certainly doesn't seem like a terrible idea at the moment. They've uh, come down a long way. They look like they've had a, 
a bit of a bounce and and if we do get a bit of easing in uh in rhetoric from central banks uh we might see uh these uh, uh bonds start to get a bit of a rally on um so uh yeah look all in all a bit of positivity and certainly in the crypto space uh, i guess um you know, if you look for the last few months, it was just like flatline. The pulse had gone out yeah. of it. And, and the last couple of days have seen big gains, especially in Bitcoin mm -hmm. and Ethereum. I think mm -hmm. that uh, must be pretty uh, exciting for the uh, crypto bulls because these uh, technical patterns look very constructive. Uh, so I think we could get uh, some decent moves there. And then I guess uh, in the precious metal space, there's quite a some good looking uh, charts there. So maybe, uh, the, you know, the precious metal bulls might be happy with uh, the way those um, patterns are moving. But well, uh, maybe I'll pass it over to you, Michael. Yeah. Um, just before I, I, I get going um, with my, you know, my usual rep using the FXT Navigator on, on, on the... Um, I just wanted to ask you, Tim, I, I spotted something this morning, but I've seen nothing in the press. I spotted it on Twitter that natural gas in Europe, I don't have the chart with me, but pricing on natural gas, I think we're negative. Now, it must have been maybe on some of the European contracts or something like that. Did you see anything about that? Yeah, just, that, that's, that is correct, Michael. That That's actually the um, next hour pricing on natural gas. And look, it's it's been a bit of a function of, um, look, the Europeans with the Nord Stream 2 explosions, yeah. they've been sort of, I guess, um, going flat out trying to fill their reserves for this coming winter and yes. at, the, at the same time filling reserves, any like um, uh, boat that can carry natural gas, they've been ordering them, you know, to, to come and deliver that gas. And then mm -hmm. they just had a, a sort of, I guess, a, a week of uh, slightly warmer than expected weather and, the, you know, there was uh, an a, I guess a short-term glass, as you'd say, as in, yeah. as in there was just nowhere to put it, and boats full, and uh, this is this is what happens in the commodity yeah. markets. The pricing is really set at the margins, and uh, you know that's negative. And and surprising across the uh, the, the way in, um, we saw the same thing in uh, in the, the shale gas out of Texas uh, that also went negative. It's a similar situation there, Michael. They've um, wow. a lot of new, new drilling to get the oil out. They get a lot of gas with it, and there's just literally not enough pipelines to carry the, the gas. So uh, you, certainly, you, um, you've got to be quite an expert, I guess, when you when you're trading the individual contracts. And maybe that's a message for our audience here that um, you know, it's, when you trade the CFD on the future, like what we're doing here, it's kind of the blended. It's uh, uh, what do they call them? It's the full chain type of stuff where you're not having to deal with the. Um, it just makes it a little bit simpler. Is what I'm trying to say. Um, I don't know if you yeah. agree with that. But. Well, I, I think also, Michael, that um, a lot of people got caught um, when oil went negative last, or was, is it nearly two years now? Um, a lot of people thought that the futures price couldn't go below zero, yeah. and actually, some of the um, the brokers. Uh, were showing a zero price feed. They they didn't actually have it as negative, so people were thought they were buying at zero, and then uh, finding out that uh, they'd been stopped out at you know negative forty dollars or whatever it got to, and uh, caused some real carnage for people. So look, you really need to understand what you're yeah. trading. What yeah, you're I, was, I was just trying to pull up to. Um, I mean, if it was, I'm just trying to remember if it was on. Um, 
Yeah, it, uh, the Brenton WTR. I, it was last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, anyway, um, just to quickly do a quick wrap, looking as I clicked on the monthly to look at to sort things for the month. We almost had month end, so it's yeah, yeah. As, Tim, there's your Ethereum. I mean, we're having quite the rally this month, 16%. That's pretty, pretty full on. Um, yeah, and and you can see we, you know, the S and P 500 up seven and a half percent. Actually, it's outperformed the the Nasdaq, the US tech, which is interesting. And then just looking on the downside, yeah. Uh, which I guess we're going to talk a little bit about later, but I'll just make a quick comment here, is that, um, you know, after Premier or Chairman, um, she got got into, you know, his unlimited um, ruling, he can rule forever till death. Um, The market sold off heavily initially, that was on like Monday, but then there was a rally for the last couple of days, but but I see that again, Again, we're down again today, so the market's still pretty pretty scared there. The one thing I wanted to just share with everyone, you know, I do show, um, I'm not going to, um, oh, I've been messing around, I'm not going to go with these. I want to show you something that I looked at a little bit earlier, is on the correlation, um, what I wanted to just show you is what to see here. I wanted to show you the correlation of Bitcoin, there it is, yeah with um so bitcoin and gold is yeah 56 percent and if you look at correlation of bitcoin with um with the us 500 it's 63 percent so those are, are both quite low but i wanted to show you if you looked at the rolling correlation of um i looked at Bitcoin gold and Bitcoin S&P 500, and I threw in a major currency as well. As you can see, at the moment, like, they, they, Bitcoin's not that correlated with all those three um, major asset classes. But if you look through time, and I'll just scroll, um, whoops, let me just push this to the, um, so I, I basically took it over a year, and you can see that, um, let's start with gold. Um, Bitcoin has gone close to, there was 85% at one stage, but it's also gone heavily, um, um, gone down to negative correlations. So just wanted to share with you that correlation is not necessarily a constant. And it's always, you know, people like to trade, but you think, okay, well, gold's gone up, then um we should expect Bitcoin to have gone up because isn't Bitcoin electronic gold? Um, we we can see with this orange line, if that's what the color is, it's not necessarily the most stable correlation. So just wanted to make everyone aware of that when, when trading. Correlations do tend to break down. And maybe while, while I say that, it just, the, the one thing that comes to mind, I guess, is, is the typical portfolio that... Um, People would be sixty percent equities, forty percent um, bonds, bonds, which which is known as like the traditional portfolio. Because if if equities are not doing well, usually bonds hold up, and vice versa. They're negatively correlated, so it's like a very good all weather type of portfolio. From what I'm 
I don't have the numbers to hand. I remember seeing this a week or two ago. It's the worst in history that um, the traditional 60-40 portfolio is doing. That's because bonds have sold off as have equity. So it's been a torrid time for those players. So they, I guess uh, the reason I just thought of that right now is when correlations break down, it can get messy. Oh, yeah. And look, uh, that's something that we uh, we focus on, uh, Michael, is just like when things are correlating and when they're not. You've heard us talk about uh, crypto being the barometer of risk. Like mm. when uh, that was working, it was being a good leading indicator. But of course, you know, nothing seems to work forever in markets. And yep. uh, you're absolutely right. I, Ray Dalio is all where the portfolio is uh, having its one of its worst years ever. Uh, yes. They're certainly like, you know, long bonds, long equities. But uh, yeah, anyway, interesting times. Um, I guess we'll get on to um, one of the questions now, uh, Michael, which is um, uh, we have a new Prime Minister in Great Britain, we have a Premier with an unlimited term in office in China, and we have inflation still on the rise. What does this mean for interest rates and the global economy? Well, I guess great question. Um, firstly, I guess with the, the UK situation, uh, look, um, I really don't have a great grasp on that. I think... Uh, you know, what we saw in the last couple of weeks was really the fact that, um, you know, uh, if you come in and you start promising things, not really understanding what the economic impacts are, then, uh, you know, your days are numbered. Uh, certainly they were promising uh, tax cuts and extra spending when they had a serious inflation problem. The bond market, market reacted very sharply. The currency sold off and they were essentially forced by the market to reverse course. So... Uh, with China, uh, Great Britain's new Prime Minister, I see he's uh, only 42, but uh, more more money than the King. So um, yeah. certainly comes from our background of means. Uh, what <laughs> he has to do, I don't know. But uh, look, um, I guess there's not, you know, if you don't, we don't have an information edge or you don't think you know what's going on, there's plenty of other markets to trade. Um, and I guess moving on to the uh, Chinese situation, look, um, you know, a lot of politics over there, we say, you know, don't really listen to what they say, just watch what the market does and how it reacts. And uh, so, some positivity came out this week just uh, with the commodity move. So uh, just this morning or overnight, I should say, we had um, very strong moves out of a lot of the commodities. Um, I think copper's been one a good proxy to sort of the Chinese lockdowns and certainly with the reopening talk. Uh, copper had a pretty decent move and again in a in a pretty constructive pattern there and I think as um, they do come out I mean look they can't stay locked up forever Michael I mean it's mm. uh, it's it just you'd, you'd have to think they will come out and as they do I think things like um, you know uh, copper oil uh, and other commodities are going to get a lift and that's certainly very positive for uh, Australia which is a big exporter and the Aussie dollar which uh, had a big move uh, overnight along with those so look um what it does to inflation though look that's an interesting one i mean obviously inflation's a pretty complex topic there's a lot of lags in the system you know even the uh, federal reserve with all their they have like 400 uh, you know phds they got it completely wrong said wasn't going to be a problem so it was going to be transitory and now saying you know it is a problem and that now that probably looks like they're over tightening when inflation's really coming off hard um, it's it's one of these things. There there are a lot of lags. We think inflation is coming off now. 
but look again, if you know equity markets continue to rally and uh, commodities go, perhaps this inflation stays, uh, you know, persistently above their two percent range, and they're forced to sort of keep up with the rate hikes. But uh, I, I think there's a little bit of, uh, I guess, um, reason just to think they might be slowing the rate of, you know pace of uh, increasing and uh, this, the market certainly looks uh, forward and uh, they've been liking that so far. But uh, mm-hmm. look, things can change very fast in these days. So, Yeah, yeah. well, um, uh, you know, it's an interesting question and we didn't we introduce a new uh, British Prime Minister only like five weeks ago? So we said we, that, that question's like feels like it's in repeat because, um, you know, we, we welcomed a new one a couple of days ago. I'm also no expert in that, but there are a couple of observations I'd like to make, just let's call it on the socio-political front and and um, where I think this is going to potentially impact on inflation. So um, f- firstly, I think it's actually very interesting um, from China. She has, has said that he's going, well, he presented a picture for the future and he, he 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 presented a picture for 2049 where which is um it's a hundred year anniversary of the communist party and like he sees china as being the world's dominating force and not just economically um from a whole ideological point of view so that was arguably one of the things that caused the markets to be a little bit nervous um and Geopolitically, he, he's certainly talking very tough, um, and and that's a little bit of a worry. And I know Blinken from from the U.S. Secretary Secretary of State is trying to talk things down on Taiwan because one thing we don't need now is another world, well, another war. We've got Ukraine, Russia is bad enough, and you've got Putin um, flexing his nuclear muscles at the moment, which is a bit scary. So, you know, there's all those concerns. We certainly don't need China and Taiwan. And we, we know that the U.S. has said that they will, you know, support Taiwan if they invade it. That, that, that spells, that's a terrible scenario. So I actually don't even want to go there, but it's something we shouldn't forget about. But, but you can feel it that central banks are now wanting to kind of um, pause from what they where they're at, you know, and I'll give you one reason what I'm, I did some calculations, somebody mentioned this and I actually took my calculator out a little bit earlier today. So currently I think the the US total debt is sitting at about $31.5 trillion and I don't know whether the US tenure is right now, I haven't looked um, in the last hour or two, but let's just say it's at around... 4.39%. Okay, so if the entire debt in the US had to be funded at the current rate, now clearly it doesn't get funded at the current rate because there, there was debt taken on a few years ago that is at a much lower rate. So, but if you just had to do the exercise and the number would come out at $1.3 trillion. Okay, so $1.3 trillion is more than the whole social security complex in the U.S., um, which is, I think, social security costs the U.S. about $1.1 $1. $1 I think, I think 
the defense budget is around a trillion dollars, something like that. So I think just to give you an idea how big the issue is, like, can you imagine the U.S. interest bill is bigger than their entire debt complex or their entire social security funding? And that, that's assuming they're not taking on more debt because, and we know that they run a budget deficit, so um, the chances are that $31.5 trillion in the next year or two is probably going to be um, a little bit a little bit higher, quite a lot higher, maybe $35 trillion, I don't know. The, but th this is actually quite an interesting interesting scenario. So they try to keep, they're going to, They've been saying they want to keep inflation a lid on inflation, but to do that means they have to push interest rates much higher, much higher. I mean, we're getting big print, uh, numbers of inflation are still high, and, and to bring it down is going to require, to bring it down considerably, it's going to take um, much higher rates. So I think we've, we've, we've seen the Fed pivot. Even though they haven't cut, they're not dropping rates, there's, there's talk that... The next one's going to be 75 basis points, but thereafter, it's going to be moderated. And we saw Canada's central bank last night. They they moderated and they went 50 basis points versus the, the higher ones they've done in the past. So we saw that with the Australian central bank um, last month. They went, yeah, it was last month. It might have been this month. I can't remember. It was, it was early this month. They went 25 basis points. We were expecting 50. So I think... There's a quandary uh, there. The, these so it tells me that they're going to be there's going to be more QE down down the track. Um, I have no idea. That, to me, if there's more QE, inflation continues. I uh, I don't know how this unfolds. To my, uh, I, I, I just default to gold. Or, or yeah. <laughs> so I, I was about to say, uh, if you keep talking like this, Michael, you'll uh, you'll start uh, turning us all bullish on precious metals, which uh, yeah. they can't they can't print, and hence uh, the value. But look, I guess that is a, an important point. What you've raised there is that um, look in previous times, once inflation got above about four and a half percent, they had to raise rates above the inflation level to get it back down, but. This time, there is so much debt, as you've pointed out, that as interest rates go up, the you know the debt servicing level acts as, as an additional break. I mean, yeah. you've probably noticed it on your your mortgage rate. Well, as interest rates go up, now you're spending more on your mortgage. You know, 20 years ago, the average mortgage was, I guess, a lot less in terms of what you earned, and so um, as a proportion, your pay, you know rates go up wasn't as big of a problem. Now, you know, I mean, in Australia, it's not uncommon for couples to have, you know, one and a half million dollar mortgage. And, and certainly when interest rates double, to say that that's not going to have an effect on their spending is, I think, ludicrous. And I think we're going to see that with, um, you know, reductions in spending, which actually leads us on to our next question, Michael. I thought that's probably yeah. a good segue yeah. because um, the question is, uh, now I have to bring it up, <laughs> is that, um, look, Meta and Alphabet just released their results and what does this imply for US markets and the likely, what are, and, is, and is this likely to have an impact on other global markets? Well, look, firstly, um, both Meta and Alphabet, they're in the tech sector. Um, you, you might have seen last night, Michael, the, um, I guess the big four names just got absolutely obliterated. So Meta missed their earnings. I think they were down 25% uh, post earnings. Google had a big miss. That was sort of down about, I think, 10%. Um, 
Microsoft was down hard. Amazon also down hard. Uh, so, but look, and I mean, the rest of the market held up very well, which yes. was quite quite amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Russell, yeah. The Russell 2000 was actually up. Now, I guess what we what we take from this is, look, I mean, one, the tech sector is obviously got a lot of stuff in there. Some of it's, you know, you know, it's growing very fast, high multiples. But look, the, the, the stables like Google and Meta really rely on, on advertising for a big part of their revenue. And uh, you, you probably know with yourself, Michael, that, um, you know, as your finances start to bite, uh, your people start having to tightening the belt, their belts. And one of the first, uh, I suppose, sectors to, to lose money is um, in advertising. You know, it's a sort of, you can certainly reduce your advertising budget. And I think we're seeing that um, now, Meta, there's a slightly different story. They've take, taken a big punt on uh, the Metaverse. Mm. And, uh, you know, expecting people to live with, you know, uh, uh, VR headsets on for, for whole, day, whole day. So certainly there's been a few people saying that this uh, uh, might not uh, sort of be something people want to do. I, I know Elon Musk had some comments about it. He thought... Uh, uh, it was a bit of a futile bet, uh, and it certainly seems to be the case. They're really, if they're not gaining traction right now. I mean, they've seen their share price nearly quarter since they changed their name to Meta. So uh, poor old Zuckerberg is certainly uh, feeling less richer these days. And, um, yeah, we're seeing it with um, the other names, Google and, and the others, that, uh, you know, as um, rates go up and, you know, budgets get tightened, um, you know, uh, they they earn less, and an old saying we always we always have is 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 your spending is someone else's income. So if you're having to tighten your belt and spending less, the more someone else is earning less. So uh, and we're starting to see this uh, in the economy. Yeah, I, I mean it might be slightly on topic and off topic, but just I quickly looked up just to confirm I had the right story. I don't know if you, did you ever. Try Second Life. Do you know what Second uh, Life is? I didn't try it myself, but I have friends uh, who okay. were telling me. Uh, so Second Life, for, for those of you who um, – I'm, I'm remembering this around 2005. I was interested in Second Life, which, which is basically the metaverse. And and there was this thing called Linden Dollars, um, which was the, the, the currency of the, the metaverse, of the, of the Second Life, and you could – you could live and buy real estate and all this kind of stuff. So I remember I, I was like quite taken with it. And uh, I actually went and um, played around and, and got some real estate. I never spent big dollars. Just um, I, I kind of, I guess I'm a tinkerer. So I was interested in that. In that. And, and it, it's, it is interesting when you, I had this discussion with my mother who turns um, 76 tomorrow. And I was asking her, my Mom, do you, do you believe, because this is an old philosophical question, this has been debated for hundreds of years, and the Matrix made it quite interesting, is if you live in a simulation, let's just say you live in a, in a world, a simulated world, and you experience a lot of happiness because you, I don't know, you're a king, and or you're a, a warrior, and you're killing people, and, and, and everyone looks up to you, is that, is that genuine happiness? Um, so, I don't know. This is, I guess, what... So the utilitarians will, will tell you that um, if you, you know, if it maximizes your happiness, then 
even if it's simulated, it's real. So real is a relative concept versus an absolute one. But but I, I, I guess Mark Zuckerberg is trying to tap into this kind of um, utopia that you can create or, or, or this alternative world. Um, but he's struggling to monetize it. And, and yeah, I, I, I'll just add, I think you kind of said it all there. I'll just say the following. For me, you know, I've been in the markets. I've been, I've been trading since I'm 13, so I'm 51, however long that is. It's a long time. And I've been following, you know, I'm, I've been following the markets religiously, uh, reading the papers every day since a kid. Um, and you, you, you go through these phases where you get these fantastic blue chip companies and they just produce great results after great results. And until they don't, like General Electric... The hundred-year-old company is now disbanding itself. It's like kind of realizes it, it's lost its, it's, it, it can't be what it was, and it has to kind of reinvent itself. And I don't say for a second that Facebook and Google and Microsoft are those company. They're not the General Electric yet, but it's interesting. Like nothing is forever, and eventually you become so big. I mean, how many users does micro um, does does Meta have, I don't know, 2 billion, um, 3 billion, only like half the world is using their product. Um, it's hard to keep growing from that from that point of view. Now you've got TikTok who's giving them a run for their money. Um, you've got um, Apple is kind of like blocking certain adverts that may, um, the advertisers might have targeted beforehand. And, and the world changes, and and that's why I love this game is of trading is is because nothing's forever, and you always got to try and be ahead of the next trend, and and see what's changing, what's breaking, and I guess we started this conversation talking about breaking down of correlations, and you saying how you, this is something you follow closely as as a trader yourself and your team looking for you know what's working now. And, and I guess that's maybe my passing message to whoever's listening here is that don't fall in love. And I'm talking to myself more than anyone. Don't <laughs> fall in love with, with the thesis that because this is how it's worked always in the past, even if it's for 100 years, 100 years is not a long time in the scheme of the whole universe and um, relationships break down. So always be alert and, and also have a view. Don't just chop and change Um have your have your risks. Have have your money management rules. Be disciplined. Um, yeah, I'm feeling like a little bit of a guru, uh, like a trading guru. Um, I, I think it's a little bit presumptuous to call myself a guru, uh, um, a, a coach, a mentor. Anyway, the, the, they're my thoughts, Tim. I think that pretty much wraps up where I'm thinking. And yes, yeah, well, so Bitcoin up a bit, um, and maybe that's the start of something. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's uh, probably a good place to end it now that we've uh, we've just gone over time slightly, Michael. Yep. So uh, I guess we'll wrap it up this week. Uh, so I'm Tim Muirhead from Arvidine Capital. We've and had Michael, uh, Michael Burton. Burton from FXT Trading. Yeah. And um, if you've got any questions or uh, comments, please uh, put them in the uh, chat, and we'll hopefully uh, be able to address them next week. And other than that, we'll uh, see you next time. Thanks, Tim. Cheers. Bye bye. Thanks, Michael. Bye bye. Uh, I have to jump in.